This episode of the Water Cooler Checkdown podcast is brought to you by House of Hoodies. I don't know about you guys, but I don't go to a school in the South where it's warm 24-7, unlike our guest today, Kyle Erickson. So when it turns past September, it gets a little cold, and that makes it a little tough to wear jerseys walking around campus. You really only see them in parties. But how would you like to show your fandom while staying warm? And that's what House of Hoodies delivers. They have customized hoodies for any NFL, NBA, MLB, or soccer teams with your favorite player. It's basically like wearing a jersey in hoodie form. Who? How can you not beat that? Geniuses over there. They have some sweet new stuff. They're releasing new stuff every day. They do great promotions all the time. And we've decided to partner with them. And if you use code EXTENDEDCUT at the checkout, you will receive 15% off. I know, 15 for us. That's pretty wild. So why don't you, while you're doing your draft, why don't you try to get one of the players you just decided to put all your heart in at number one? Go to extendedcut.com and use code EXTENDEDCUT. Also, the podcast today is brought to you by The Extended Cut, our brand new website that's doing great recently. We're having a lot of good traffic, and we have some new great articles that people have really liked. Ryan Carey just two days ago released an Endgame article saying how Avengers Endgame has changed the landscape of movies, taking over Titan, the Avatar. Not Avatar Last Airbender, but Avatar. Also, Aram Havan went into detail about how the BPL season has just kicked off and how it will shape up. Not looking good for my Chelsea boys, but for anyone else, it should look pretty good. Be sure to check out the extended cut, and you can find us there as well at the Water Cooler Checkdown Podcast, or follow us on Twitter at the extended cut or Instagram, the extended cut media, or our Facebook page. Today, we're going to be talking to Kyle Erickson about fantasy football. And uh, NFL season preview, but first, the intro. So joining us from the Extended Cut website is one of our writers, Kyle Erickson. Welcome back to the pod, Kyle. Hey, Corey. It's good to be back. Today we're going to talk actually over the phone, unlike last time, <laughs> where it sounded like we were. Um, so we're just going to dive right into the NFL. Thank God it's starting because I got to say, I tried to get into baseball for a week and it sucked. It's it's very difficult, too. <laughs> it's just so intricate. <laughs> the sport itself. All right. So... Um, well, Kyle actually has a fantasy football draft tonight. I do, yeah. Yeah, that's where my mind has been for the last couple of weeks. I've done probably 50 mock drafts getting ready. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I have a, I'm, I uh, potentially might be in a league of my own soon, so we'll see how that turns out. You don't have a league yet? No, no, not really. Um, eh. A lot of people, who, like, I play with my friends every year. I, I was mm-hmm. just looking for something a little more intense than, <laughs> I want, like, like hardcore leagues, like, you know, the league type stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you're playing for a trophy or a tattoo at the end of the season. Oh, yeah, I can't wait to get a Hello Kitty tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> <It's good. laughs> or or someone has to take the SAT, whoever comes in last place. Oh, God, that sounds brutal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those poor people. Those poor kids. 
All right, so we'll start with uh, – we'll just do NFL first, and then we'll jump into fantasy. We're going to do a, a two-round mock draft between the two of us just so you get an idea of where our heads are at for where we would want to pick certain players. But we'll start with the NFL. Um, we'll go into awards first. So the, I don't know if you've seen the um, NFL MVP odds so far. They're kind of what you would expect. You got uh, Mahomes at the one with a plus 550. Then Luck is the second closest with uh, 600, but then it drops all the way down to plus 1,000 for Rodgers, then Breeze. Baker Mayfield is fifth, and then Carson Wentz is sixth. Hmm. I'm surprised Andrew Luck is so high, given given his lingering leg injury. I feel like that definitely has been shifted, but as of t- like 10 minutes ago, this was the most recent one I could find. And it had luck yeah. at plus 600. I would not take that luck bet at all. No, neither would I. I would also probably not take the Aaron Rodgers bet, too. It looks like he's third. Yeah, yeah. I um Honestly, I really like uh, the uh, Carson Wentz sixth odds. It, it, if he can stay healthy. Yeah, that uh, that's always a big <laughs> if for Carson Wentz. <laughs> but now we don't got Nick the Dick Foles. <laughs> sitting in the back Nick the dick Foles. hey i like nick Foles. i like nick Foles. i think he's gonna have a great season with jacksonville it's, it's big dick nick he makes big the dick big, nick he makes the biggest plays <laughs> when you least expect it all he's got to do is get him into the playoffs and then next thing you know the jaguars are gonna be in the super bowl exactly <laughs> so if you had to make a you can take or a dark horse who would you probably go for for these uh, awards if I had to take a dark horse from this this list, I, I do like Wentz, like you said, if he stays healthy. But I'm going to take Deshaun Watson. It looks like he's got maybe 10th best odds, about that, mm-hmm. um, plus 2,000. I really like Watson and, and what they're doing down in Houston. I feel like they have not gotten enough credit. I mean, Deshaun Watson threw for 4,000 yards last season, 26 touchdowns, I think only single-digit interceptions, and they won 11 games and won that division. Yeah, that's so, uh, people. And, and yeah, go ahead. Oh no, I was gonna say people just assume every year it's gonna be the Colts division to lose, but the the Texans yeah. have the best overall team in that division. I right. think offensively, like the Colts defense is pretty good, but yeah. their offense is really kind of the issue for me because outside of T. Y. Hilton, who are they throwing the ball to? Eric Ebron. Oh shoot. <laughs> well, I forgot. I, I, I think I think he's also due to probably take a little bit of a step back last season after the monster numbers he put up last year. Yeah, that um, was that was. We hope that's not a blip because if you paid attention to his whole career, it's been basically disappointment, and that's why Detroit let him go to start. Yeah, last season was a blip. <laughs> I hope not. Uh, but 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 the Colts, you know, I mean, Andrew Luck, he had that nasty shoulder injury, and then he had the calf injury, which is since turned into an ankle injury and I just don't know what we're going to see from the Colts this year if Andrew Luck is healthy I think the Colts win that division I think Andrew Luck is a top five quarterback in the NFL but it it just remains to be seen if he can be healthy and to me the the only biggest I guess issue on the Texans is their offensive line yeah Um, other other than that they have a very solid defense um, they have pretty pretty good running back core since adding Duke Johnson. Yeah, that was perfect uh, le- for them. He, yeah, and he's a legitimate starter. And they also have a really great wide receiver core led by Hopkins, Cootie, Fuller. I you love know, Fuller. If, if Andrew Luck isn't healthy for all 16 games this year, I think Houston runs it back and wins the AFC South again. I, I, would, I would probably say the same. Mm. I, I was really yeah, so- surprised that uh, Baker Mayfield was fifth 
for MVP yeah. awards. That's just media bias to like the, the Cle- extreme. The Cleveland hype is too much. <laughs> I, I we'll talk about that like later, but I really don't don't think that Baker will even be in the content. Like the only way I would see the Browns. Yeah, Baker winning MVP is if the Browns had like the second best record in the AFC, which I do yeah. not see happening. Yeah, they'd have to they'd have to win the division and probably be the two seed behind New England. You, you'd assume. Uh, yeah, well, <laughs> I don't want to sound like the Homer, but <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that Baker thing is just ridiculous. I I really I think I would I'm gonna put my money on Wentz if I did. Mm. I was gonna maybe pick Philip Rivers, but. I don't think that think that Melvin Gordon issue is going to be all year. So that's really going to hurt that team as a whole. It's going to make them take a step back. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I mean, uh, Austin Eckler, I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, it name, is. Right? Yeah, Eckler. Yeah. He, he's good. You know, he, when Melvin was, was hurt last year, he stepped in and, and filled the role nicely. Um, but you, you really losing a guy who's as explosive as Melvin Gordon, that, that does hurt your team. I mean, regardless, though, I, I think the Chargers have a great roster. I, I think the Chargers um, can eat, can definitely vie with, with the Chiefs to win the AFC West. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if not, they'll get a wild card spot. Yeah, um, I was a huge fan of the Chargers last year. And I had yeah. them in the playoff when we did our playoff predictions episode. I had them going to the uh, the Super Bowl against the Saints. And I thought because I thought I bought into the Brady Rust narrative a little bit mm. after watching him all year and seeing he definitely had taken a step back. I was like, the Chargers had the best overall team to me. Their defense is very was very underrated last year, I mm-hmm. felt like. Their safety, uh, Verrett, is disgusting. Yeah. They they have arguably one of the best defensive lines in football, too. Oh, yeah. 100%. And they were just on fire. They were like the probably one of the best wildcard teams we've had in the past few years. Yeah. And, and they may be again this year because it – it doesn't seem likely that Kansas City is, is going to lose that division. Even if the Chargers win 11, maybe even 12 games, I think Kansas City still takes the AFC West. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I can see Kansas City going 13-3 and three very easily. I could, too. I mean, well, well, we could talk about that right now. Let's just talk about the uh, division of the uh, AFC West. So, I don't know what you had. But I put the Chiefs as the number one, and that's I, I kind of hesitated because I really do think that replacing Kareem Hunt with Damian Williams is going to be a major downgrade. I mean, you didn't really have to see it in the playoffs because they were just going to go pass heavy basically the entire time with their weapons that they have, Kelsey and uh, uh, Hill. And I thought I think that that there's just a lot of character issues on that team, and Andy Reid's not really going to be the authoritarian of that locker room. But at the end of the day, when I factored in Melvin Gordon probably not playing at least like four games to start the year, that's going to make the Chargers have a rough start. So I had it Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Oakland. Yeah. Yeah, I, w- I would probably agree with that. Um, you know, with, with Kansas City, I'm not so sure that their backfield's going to take such a significant step back. I mean, Andy Reid consistently uh, churns out very productive running backs. Yeah, it's true. Um, in almost every situation he's been, and, and the Chiefs on offense, I mean, my God, you you have arguably the best quarterback in the league in Patrick Mahomes, mm-hmm. who I think, I, I think he could throw 50 touchdowns again. Oh, probably. Um, Especially with Andy Reid's offense. It's not like oh, they're sure. not going to churn out plays. No, yeah. Um, and and you, you pair him with 
Travis Kelsey, who is the best tight end in, in the game right now. Mm-hmm. Tyreek Hill, um, and, and also uh, they they drafted a rookie wide receiver, uh, last name Hardman, who who is lighting up preseason. He is ridiculously fast. I think he ran a sub four four forty at the combine. I could be wrong about that, but they have explosion on offense. Um, I mean, we we know what Kansas City can do because we saw it last year. And they really, really didn't tinker their roster that much either, outside no, of Kareem no. Hunt, which had to be yeah. done. <laughs> that that had to be done. Yep, yep. Um, uh, if so, if Hill also was out, like if he actually got the suspension that many actually believed he deserved, uh, yeah. What? How would that have affected your opinion on the Chiefs, just hypothetically? Uh, it it, it would have dampened it a little bit, but um. Even if he was suspended, he he wouldn't have been out for more than probably six games. Um, so I don't know that it actually would have affected my my long term prediction for the Chiefs. Okay. Um, you know, I it, especially with Melvin Gordon being out in Los Angeles, I don't think that the Chargers are going to be able to win that division. Um, what I'm really interested to see though is is how Denver turns out this year. I was, uh, I, uh, you, you you know I'm a Broncos fan, and I mm-hmm. I can't see how this one's gonna go. I I can very easily seeing this be a five win team, but also a ten or eleven win team. It really just depends on the play of Flacco, because you're not gonna yeah. really be concerned about that defense because that yep. defense is just gonna be as solid as it's been any other year, as long as you basically yeah. have Von Miller and you you have Bradley Chubb on the other side, so you're gonna yep. get constant pass rush. Yep. Yeah. The I mean the the Broncos defensive front has been elite ever since Von Miller was drafted, really uh-huh. over a decade ago, and the secondary is just as good this year. Chris Harris is back. Um, they signed, uh, or excuse me, they didn't sign uh, safety uh, Simmons. I think Jared's uh, Sim or Jordan Simmons is his name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has steadily improved every single year of his career, um, and, and for me. The biggest question with Denver is is really what are we going to get out of that offense? Joe Flacco's a question mark. Drew Locke is not ready to play. They're backup quarterback. Yeah, yeah. and and th- that's okay. I think I don't uh, think anyone was really expecting him to take the reins. Yeah. Why would the yeah. Why would the Broncos trade for Flacco if they knew they were going to start Locke by like week two? Exactly. You could have just yeah. kept Keenum and let him suffer. Right. Yeah. And, and Flacco will be a good mentor for him, but I, I see Drew Locke's situation playing out very similar to how Patrick Mahomes is did in Kansas City Me too. where he sat for his entire first year behind kind of a steady hard-working quarterback if not elite which Joe Flacco certainly isn't <laughs> <laughs> I remember the good old days of 2011 we were all debating whether Flacco was elite or not someone likes to spring that up on ESPN when it's like a dry hour and they're just like it, yeah <laughs> stir the is pot Joe a Flacco bit. elite still yeah um <laughs> But I'm really interested to see how how that offense turns out. I think Vic Fangio, their new head coach, was a really great hire. That was the Um, strength of the Bears. So that was just like – I mean, yeah. And and while everyone else in the NFL went young, offensive, Sean McVay-esque coaches, John Elway just said, I'm going to get the best defensive, hard-nosed coach out there. Why not improve our strength instead of our weakness? Yeah, exactly. Many teams have Um, done great in the NFL with just keeping you low – on, in scoring and them scoring like 17, 13 wins. Right, right. And, and Joe Flacco has weapons as well. Um, Court, uh, Sutton, yeah, Sutton Cor- the mm-hmm. second-year receiver out of SMU. He looks he really good towards stud. the end of the year. I had him he for did. fantasy. He, and he, like, he was a good like slot play every like few weeks because I was an yep. idiot and drafted Demarius Thomas. 
Mm-hmm. For the well, he looks a lot. He he looks a lot like a young Demarius Thomas, really tall, strong, and and yet still blazingly fast. You know, um, um an, one point for me on the Broncos, really quick, is another person yeah. you need to keep out with, keep an eye on for fantasy wise, and on in well for your perspective being a Broncos fan, Emmanuel Sanders has come back from an Achilles injury in eight months. And he, yeah. he, they I've seen videos of him running routes, and he looks crisp. And really, I, I'd say, so, he, so, I would say that he is probably going to be the the same role he was in when it was Demarius. He'll be the two good slot guy running across, great for PPR because he's going to yeah. eat up. Joe Flacco isn't the same quarterback he was when he was quote unquote elite. Elite, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's probably going to throw to Emmanuel Sanders more than anyone because he now throws short because he can't throw deep. Yeah, well, well, Joe Flacco also really likes to utilize the tight ends. So Jake Emmanuel Butt. San- <laughs> Jake Butt. Well, they, uh, they also have, I believe, Hireman and then Noah Fance. Oh, Noah they drafted Fon. in the first He's round out so of good. Iowa. Uh, well, so I wanted to talk about Noah Fance a little bit. Ooh, okay. he, he's a rookie who I'm not as high on. Um, <laughs> now, I, I think Noah Fant is going to be a good tight end. But um, it's very rare for a tight end to be able to come out of college and start and play a significant role immediately. That's 100% true. (laughs) It's just very difficult to transition to the NFL game where you have to block at a much higher level, where, you know, the windows to catch passes are much smaller. You're taking bigger hits. It's Mm -hmm. much more difficult to read the defense. And the early reports at a training camp are are saying it's it's taken fans some time. Um, He's not really there yet yeah um but like it or not he he's gonna play he is gonna play this year because jeff uh joe flacco loves to throw to those tight ends up the the middle of the field dennis pitta yeah (laughs) (laughs) he made a career playing with joe flacco um (laughs) i look like a beast (laughs) i think fant is a real x factor because we know his upside Mm -hmm. i mean iowa has become tight end you in college yeah two first round tight ends they they are producing great tight end after great tight end. It's just a matter of how quickly it clicks for Noah Fant. And if, if he gets it this season, particularly early on, I mean, the, the offense can be good. Denver's not going to have to score more than, you know, 21, 24 points to win 10 games, given how good that defense is. So Denver's a really interesting team. I don't know how their season's going to turn out. Um. So the thing that's interesting also about this division is I really – kind of don't know what to make of Oakland. I know they're the hard knocks yeah. team this year. And yeah. Anyone can, who can, watched... we talk, can we talk about hard knocks for a little bit? <laughs> yeah. I didn't watch the episode yesterday, but I, I have watched I, the I, first I, one. I, yep. I, I didn't either because I don't have HBO. I watch it on YouTube the next day and it, it hasn't come out yet. Okay. Um, so how, can we, can we just talk about what a shit show that team looks like? It, it looks pretty bad. I know. I don't know if you saw any of the, um, videos that surfaced on Twitter last night from Hard Knocks, but, like, Gruden's trying to make it seem like he's this super hard-ass type coach. Yeah, and he's not. Who's going to, like, whip this team into shape. I'm like, yep. hey, John, why don't you, like, uh, look around and see the players you're screaming at? Because half of them are washed, and the other half are just, like, not being properly used. Yeah, and and they also just didn't seem to respect him. Oh, my God. Do you, did you see that scene, that um 
that clip where him and Vontez Perfect are like talking on the sideline, and they're yeah. just like, and Vontez jo- Perfect's like telling John Gruden like, no, like fuck you, like yeah, he he was, and and then when when Gruden started talking back, he's looking away, looking up at the di- looking up at the distance, kind of like fuck you, John Gruden, <laughs> like I'm not gonna listen to you. <laughs> weren't you in the weren't you in the have, booth last year? Safety. Oh they my god, rookies. Jonathan Abrams is so annoying. Look, I I think he's a good player. I like his upbeat personality. But when you're practicing, when you're in meeting rooms, having like his attitude just doesn't seem like that of a good NFL player. He's constantly questioning the coaching staff. He's constantly elevating himself above his teammates, above what the coaches are telling him to do. He definitely knows how to pronounce salmon. I just want to say yes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that was for the cameras. I was going to say like, is that a bit that I would want to have if I was an NFL player? Hey, guess what, guys? I'm illiterate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, really. But but, like, it just doesn't seem like John Gruden has any control over the team, Um, and that's really alarming considering it's it's early. It doesn't help that they have Mike Mayock as their GM. I tell you what, guys, this guy is so good. Yeah, Abram's I, personality really pops on the camera. <laughs> this is our guy. He's a great fit. <laughs> I've seen him since he was on the playground doing. Yeah, <laughs> doing I've been watching rope. him since he was two. <laughs> um, I delivered him. No, in the but then room. also like they, their draft, right? I, I mentioned uh, Cleveland Farrell. Um, maybe yeah. it was before we started recording. Yeah, but, uh, a little back banter. Right. <laughs> Before the pod. <laughs> you guys um, wouldn't see it unless you subscribe to uh, Extended Cut Plus. <laughs> yeah. We have bonus footage coming up online. Um, I, I mean, I remember watching Farrell at Clemson. I, I got to see him play live. It, and he's a good player. He, he's a good defensive lineman. but um, Overly drafted. They took him at fourth overall. And, and the guy probably would have went mid to late first round but he's a guy who easily could have slipped to the second round and you could get him for value I know. yeah um, it was like and mike mike mayock was just obsessed with cleveland farrell and jumped on him because oakland last season i think their team only had a total of 13 sacks like there were multiple guys hmm. single players in the nfl who had more sacks in a season that's so weird because i'm pretty sure they had a player that could have doubled that number Oh, did they? Uh, Who was that guy? What was his name? I think it was Clellan Farrell. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think they yeah, looked at definitely his... Definitely not uh, Khalil Mack. No, no, no. A future Hall of Famer. No. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it just... Like, they had one sack in the preseason, and they were celebrating like they just won the Super Bowl. Who's, who did that pick turn out into? Was that um, Josh Jacobs or uh, Abrams? Uh, I'm not sure, actually. I think it was I'm Abrams. I'm not sure which one it was. So was got, it Abrams? Maybe. Yeah. Because Chicago had a good season, so yeah. So did the Cowboys, later. though. So it was either Jacobs or him. Which I yeah. I like Jacobs. I think Jacobs is going to be very good for them. I think he's going to be the I bright like spot too. of their offense. Because... Yeah, I, I it's it's clear that they're going to run him a lot. Gruden has not hidden that, which is great they're, because I yep. really hated them show, shoving out Marshawn Lynch post retirement <laughs> on yeah. like every down. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an effective backfield last season. <laughs> no, it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, it, I, I want to talk about Farrell. Just one more point. Like okay. he, he's, he's a good player. He can develop into a good pro. But they overdrafted him thinking that this is the guy we're going to build around. We love his personality. This I would have taken the Buffalo the defensive line. Or yeah. Kentucky. I think it was Kentucky. Josh Allen. Yeah, they passed on Josh Allen, who I think is a better pass rusher. But he reminds regardless... me a lot of like um, Dante Fowler coming out of yeah. college. But yep. obviously, hopefully, Fast, with a better upside. Strong. Yep. <laughs> Um, 
But I, it just it doesn't make sense. A, a rookie defensive lineman is not going to fix their issues up there. Um, I think Oakland is going to win less than six games again this season, which is really unfortunate. Another thing, it's, unfor- it's unfortunate for the city of Oakland. It's unfortunate for Las Vegas, who's get, you know going to inherit this team. <laughs> and it's really unfortunate for the Oakland Raiders organization, who committed $100 million over 10 years to John Gruden. Very unfortunate. So Very unfortunate. After this year, would you expect Derek Carr to be in an Oakland uniform? Yes. Uh, okay, I, I I I think I think he's actually one of the bright spots on that team. He Derek Carr can play football. I could just see he John Gruden football. being the type where if he loses another season, he's like, it's obviously the quarterback. We just need to make a swap. <laughs> Maybe and then, I mean Derek Derek Carr reminds me a lot of Matthew Stafford. He's not elite enough to put the team on his back and win you games and grind you into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But God, can he spin it? Like, my God, can he spin it? And he everyone's works forgetting. hard enough to be able to read defenses effectively. Oh, exactly. I just think everyone's forgetting about that season with Jack Del Rio where they went, like, 12-4. and four. Yeah. If, and if Derek Carr didn't get hurt, what would that season have turned into? They, yeah, they would have been in the AFC title game, I think, and in, in competing to win a Super Bowl. They, they were legitimate contenders with Jack Del Rio. I don't know why they turned around and fired him so quickly just after one bad season. <laughs> well, I don't know. you know – when you have a guy in mind who fits the culture, you got to bring him in. John Gruden's out there <laughs> in the TV booth for 10 years. Him and Mike Tirico. <laughs> you see your guy, you got to bring him in. <laughs> our first hire, our, they'll have, um, what's his name? Uh, Davis, the owner, will be like, you know, our first our first throw, dart throw was at Mike Tirico, but he gave us a hard pass. So we, <laughs> we, we, he spurned us. So we turned to Gruden. <laughs> After we brought Gruden in, we said, we need another one of these TV guys. <laughs> Mike Mayock. We tried to get Booger McFarlane for our GM spot. <laughs> <laughs> and it, and it backfired. <laughs> he unfortunately turned us down <laughs> because he's now with Jason Witten. <laughs> oh my God! No, Witten's back. Witten's on the Cowboys again. Yeah, remember he he unretired. It's and almost he's playing like, football it after almost, his disastrous first season. That's what booth. I was gonna say. I was like, I wonder what really d- decided that movement. Uh, it, that was comical. His, his can we talk about Jason Witten for one second? Yeah. One of the best tight ends in NFL history. Oh, for sure. <laughs> One of the best all-around tight ends. But last season really damaged his reputation in my mind. There were a <laughs> couple of Monday Night Football games that were unwatchable for me. He, he pulled so the bad. magician out of the rabbit's hat there. <laughs> <laughs> that he did. Oh, man. God. Thank God he's on the football field again. I don't care how bad he is this season. Nothing can compare to the booth. No, that was ESPN's no, 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 no. worst staff I think they've ever had. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would agree with that. Is who was who was calling plays? Joe Tessator, right? Yeah, and now Booger McFarland's the second guy because they took yeah. him out of the Booger Mobile, which was another huge disaster. That was another disaster. And and Tessator is, is still calling games, right? Uh huh. He's still calling Monday night. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Got to have one well, mainstay. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, Booger's got a good personality, so that could work out. I just always known knew him as the guy in the, the freaking mobile that I hated. Yeah. <laughs> so it really kind of affected my outlook of him. Yeah, who was also blocking fans' views during the football game as that stupid cart was driving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The Booger oh, mobile. Man. <laughs> All right. So, well, uh, no, you go. <laughs> quick question. Do you want to do um, very, very briefly – do we want to each pick division winners and then maybe two wildcard teams from each conference? Yeah, sure. All right. Sure. So let's, Do you want to uh, start with the NFC? 
Sure. I'll start with the East because I find this one honestly to be the most interesting. Yeah. So. Yeah, that is an interesting division. So if Zeke did play, I'm just going to preface it with this. If Zeke played 16 if, games. If I I don't know if that's going to happen, but let's 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 say hypothetically, say if <laughs> Zeke plays, if he did play, I would pick the Cowboys to win the division. I think they're the best overall team offensively. They're very solid now that they have Amari Cooper. I know they lost Cole Beasley. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> they just added ESPN analyst Jason Witten again. <laughs> <laughs> that they did. <laughs> and yeah. Amari Cooper and Dak obviously have a good rapport after half of a season together. They really showed what the two of them can do. The only issue with Cooper is he's very boomer bust every game, basically. You're gonna get a Amari, lot of yeah. you're gonna get half of Cooper's points fantasy wise in a quarter of the games he plays in. Yep. Which is not what you really want. No. But it's not really sustainable. So unhypothetically, I'm gonna say it's Eagles, Cowboys, Giants, Redskins. So you have Philly winning that division. Yes. I think that okay. Philly has the stronger team of Zeke is out. Zeke is obviously the best player on that team. So you're playing yeah. without him. It changes everything because now Zeke last year showed that he can also be a good pass catching back. Yep. And without that, I think they brought Alfred Morris back, if I'm mistaken. Yep. Uh, they they also uh, they have a rookie running back, and God, I keep forgetting his name. Um, but the reports at a training camp have been very good. Um, let me see, Tony Pollard, rookie running back. They took him, I think, in the third or fourth round. Okay. And. Um, I mean, Jer Jerry Jones, and he may just be doing this for leverage with Zeke um, in their negotiations, but uh, they, they're, saying, <laughs> they're saying they're ready to feed Tony Pollard, that he's getting the offense, he's playing well, and um, that if Zeke's not there, they're going to run him. So, I have the Cowboys also being the wild card team, one of them, okay. out of that division. Yeah, so so for me, to keep it moving, I, I, I have Dallas – winning mm -hmm. that division assuming Zeke plays um you, again if Zeke doesn't play it changes the calculus but uh I I think Dallas is in a position to, to contend this year me too if I, all the guys are on the field when Zeke gets back I think they're my NFC favorite honestly yeah that that's which sounds lot, wild but, <laughs> yep and I'm gonna I'm gonna hold off on my wild card picks till the end okay uh do we want to move to the west NFC west now sure you can go sure. first uh the Rams I got the Rams one of this division. The the Cardinals. Uh, what? I think, I think I think Kyler's a good quarterback. I think he's in the perfect system. They're not going to win many games this year, though. The Niners, I think, will be better. Could be a wild card team, possibly. Um, but it, they're not going to be able to compete with the Rams, I don't think, over the yeah, course no. of a 16-game season. And Seattle's been... I, I don't know. They've been surviving is the way they've I They've been would. surviving. Yeah, they've been surviving. I don't think that they're going to win a division. I have the Rams. I have the Rams, the Seahawks, the 49ers, then the Cardinals. Mm. Yep, so we're, we're in agreement about the Rams there. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm not buying into 49ers anything, honestly. Really? They're kind of yeah. kind of sketch me out. They have very – they have a lot of things that to me just are the formula for a, a disappointing team. They have yep. the they have the hype now that the Jimmy Garoppolo they expect to play all sixteen games. They have they're gonna say Kyle Shanahan and him are gonna reinvent the offense. It's gonna be like what he did in uh, Atlanta in their Super Bowl year. 
I don't see it. I don't like their wide receiver core that much. I think Goodwin's their best receiver, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and Dante Pettis. Oh, of course. There's a lot of hype around Dante Pettis. I don't. I heard in camp though he has been very disappointing. And in the pre, yeah. in the first preseason game where you're just supposed to play your starters for one like one series, they had Dante Pettis play without Garoppolo in the second and third quarter. And when mm-hmm. they asked uh, Kyle Shanahan, when they asked yeah. Kyle Shanahan, why'd you um why aren't you sitting Dante Pettis? And he's like, because we're looking to see who our starting wide receivers will be. And that to yep. me is a bad, very bad sign. Very bad sign. Yeah. I, I like yeah. Jimmy Garoppolo. I just don't like the offense around him. I mean, they have George Kittle, who obviously is a beast. He's a monster. Yeah. But I also think their backfield is very sketchy. They were expecting Jarek McKinnon to come in last year and do something, but he got hurt. And now they're saying that knee is getting swollen up again. So they're going to probably have to not be able to play him. They signed Tariq Cohen in the offseason, who is a very they have, solid. They have, they have Tevin Coleman, too. Oh, that's what I meant. I meant Tevin yeah, Coleman. No, they signed Coleman. I, look, I, I actually think Coleman fits with what they're doing here. I think um, so, too. I think he'd be really good, though, as like a, a third down and then like secondary back, like in a committee. I yeah. don't really want him as the lead back, unless they're going to play yep. Matt Burita at starter. Uh, I, I've heard that they're going to just rotate him. It's going to be a, a committee. So I think they'll be a good fantasy team. I don't know if they'll be a great uh, defensive team as a whole. <laughs> Agreed. You want to move to the NFC North? Sure. Um, I had the Packers winning the division. I I know that sounds absolutely insane, but I don't think Aaron Rodgers is in the decline. I think that him and Mike McCarthy just never got along, and it got to the point where Rodgers was just going to blatantly ignore what Mike McCarthy was doing. They also kept a hold of their older wide receivers, which I think was just a hindrance to their offense as a whole. I really like Aaron Jones, and I think he's going to play a big role for the team this year. I mean, Rodgers really hasn't had a great running back except that one year of Eddie Lacy, where Eddie Lacy looked like he was actually athletic. So, mm. so. I mean, they, they have Aaron Jones this year if he can just stay healthy. Aaron Jones is a, is a really, really efficient back. Uh, yeah. And he's been climbing up fantasy boards, too. He's he's a top 40 player. Uh, yeah, I, I think he is going to make a huge difference. I really like Devontae Adams. I think he's a top five wide receiver in the NFL. Yeah, yeah. I also really like um, Marquise Valdez-Scantling. I think he has a lot of Randall Cobb potential to me, just being yeah. a solid type wide receiver, which I don't know where the Packers – whoever their draft guy is for wide receiver, he sees a lot of talent every year because they always just seem to pull in some random name that turns into a household name within halfway through the season. Yeah, yeah, they know how to develop wide receivers. Mm-hmm. I, I, I want to push back <laughs> a little bit on Green Bay because I don't have them winning this division. Um, Rodgers – had a lot of issues with Mike McCarthy mm-hmm. and those issues don't seem to have gone away. Um, with Matt, Jeff, <laughs> with Matt Lafleur, Lafleur, <laughs> <laughs> Canadian. Eh? <laughs> uh, um, there were reports. I think Jeff Saturday said this when he was the center with Rogers for that one year, that there would be times Mike McCarthy would call the play and Rogers would just roll his eyes and yeah. do his own thing. And uh, reports from training camp, have have been coming out saying Rodgers is getting play calls and you know every now and then he's rolling his eyes he's going you know fuck this he, his attitude has not improved um and I, I just don't get it because you know three years ago we were talking about Aaron Rodgers as, as possibly the best quarterback in the game overall um, by like a and, mile <laughs> and since he's become such a diva he's been kind of a douche ever since yeah, his brother his... was on the bachelorette <laughs> <laughs> that's what it all went south for him <laughs> once um, I, 
I was gonna I, say, I like, actually, I actually am gonna take Chicago to win this division. I have Chicago finishing third. You have them finishing third. I, I'm I, gonna take them to to win the division. I I think that their defense is is very very good, um, and, and I don't particularly like Mitch Trubisky. That was the However, whole reason I have him third. <laughs> I I think he's going to continue to develop, and he'll be able to do enough. I I think Green Bay is not going to have as good of a season as, as everybody thinks they are. Um, I think Detroit will be kind of typical Detroit. <laughs> They'll win six to nine games, maybe 10 if it's a good year. Um, and, and I'm really high on, on the Minnesota Vikings. I really like the Vikings too. I was honestly deciding between both of them. They just have an easy bounce back look to me. Yeah, they do. I, Kirk Cousins is still a really good quarterback. They have two stud receivers in Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And Dalvin Cook is back. Dalvin Cook is a monster. It remains to be seen whether or not he'll stay healthy all season. But even if he doesn't, they have solid depth at running back. And their new offensive, you know, game plan is going to be pound the rock, open things up for Kirk, and then let him spin it down the field. Um, And I think that uh, paired with with their defense, which is really solid. They have a really, really strong defense. Uh-huh. I think that's a recipe to win 10 to 12 games. I wouldn't be surprised NFL. if the Vikings won this division at the end of the day. Neither would I. I, yeah. I was just stuck between the two of them. The reason I yeah. put the Bears third was just because I think Mitchell Trubisky is not good. I, I, mm-hmm. I, don't, I think that – I think he got so overhyped last year. He did not deserve to go to the Pro Bowl, in my opinion. And that just, no. to me, was no, no, just no, no, like no. a real slap <laughs> in the face. To, yeah, <laughs> to everything that a Pro Bowl is supposed to mean, you know, he he is not an all star in the NFL. I think people compare him to Jared Goff, and I do not see that comparison. No, Jared Goff no, no, to no. me is tinkering with like top ten quarterback status, and I would. Oh, I, I I think he is in there. Reports at a training camp this year say, and I'm I'm talking about Rams reporters who have been with yeah. Goff his whole career watching him. Said so his first year he comes in, he's a rookie, talented, but wide-eyed, doesn't know what he's doing. Uh-huh. Last year he came in a little bit more confidence. You know, he was settling into the offense. He, you know, he he knew what he had to do. He found his rhythm. It said this year he showed up and he is the guy. It is his playbook, it is his team, and he's just owning it and crushing it. Um, I think Goff is a really great quarterback, and to compare Trubisky to Goff in any way, uh, is is a joke <laughs> it's, it's a joke in my opinion i remember watching mitch trubisky play against virginia tech a couple of years ago in uh his last season at unc and it was raining in this game and the dude couldn't throw the ball for shit our defense <laughs> at the time <laughs> held this dude to three points and i remember watching this and saying if our college defense can hold him to three points what's he gonna do in the nfl when he goes up against like elite Elite pass rushers, I think elite defensive coordinators. Skill wise, is very limited. I don't yeah. see much that he could improve on that is realistic. He's not going to turn around and be like, you know what, guys, I actually could throw the deep ball confidently now. <laughs> yeah, like... that's that's hard to teach. If if he at this point can't really hit that ball consistently, it's tough to it's tough to see that developing. The biggest thing with rookies coming in like quarterbacks, you want to see the physical tools, right? Mm-hmm. And then the area where they grow and develop is mentally. It's reading defenses. It's it's the work ethic. It's it's studying what you got to do. And that's what makes certain guys so great. That's what made, has made Tom Brady so great is that he talks about how he's just obsessed with watching film, how this yeah. – like it's kind of crazy, but he can do this all the time. 
I think um, a very fair. Oh, you go. It, it, yeah, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, if, if you can't just get down basic accuracy in the NFL, it's you, there's just too much to catch up on. You know. I think Trubisky's um, very realistic comparison to me is Blake Bortles. Yeah. I yeah. think he's just Blake Bortles reincarnated. <laughs> Two years I, later, <laughs> I I think he's slightly better than Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles more upside, in his but third I, year I, was I, really good. You, yeah, I see it. I see the comparison. They, yeah. They're yeah. very similar skill wise. Is more my point. Sure, they're very Should we move on to the South. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I have the Saints winning the division. I know that is a massive shock. <laughs> huh. I have the Falcons coming in second. I have the Panthers in third, and the Bucks in fourth. Okay, so I actually have Atlanta winning that division. Oh. I think New Orleans. I, actually, no. Let me let me reveal my wild cards too. So, so my division winners: I have Dallas in the East, LA in the West, Atlanta in the South, Chicago in the North. My two wild card teams are the New Orleans Saints and the Minnesota Vikings. Okay. New Orleans, I think, is a candidate to take a step back this season, yeah. and I, I say that I say that for a couple reasons. Um. One, just Drew Brees. Yeah, uh, the age. I see it. Towards the end of last season, you could tell his arm w- was a little shot. He wasn't hitting the throws we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a real candidate, unfortunately, to kind of hit that wall this season, like Peyton Manning did Yeah. Um, towards the end of his career. Um, I'm not saying it's going to happen. He also but... does have that shoulder surgery, so that also yep. like cuts your years back on what you're able to do. That it does, yeah. So, so I'm concerned about his longevity. Um, I'm also really concerned about how that team reacted after losing in the NFC title game last year. I mean, they did not get over it. Oh um, yeah, I, that's. I mean, it's it's, it's, it's just become almost a meme to hear a Saints fan complaining about the missed pass interference call. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, and it, it's what was funny worse, um, Katrina or the catch? Well, yeah. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, to Saints fans, that's that's how they're portraying this. Um, it's like they're a second. <laughs> it's like hell yeah, came over. It's, it's, it's like a second natural disaster to them. Um, it's not like they but, won the Super Bowl like less than eight years ago or anything. Yeah, really. Yeah, I I mean, Sean Payton's a great head coach. Oh and, yeah, and you know, I'm not saying that this is going to dramatically impact their season, but immediately after that game in Drew Brees' press conference, he was saying, look, it's football. We have to move on. We have to move on. And it's because he could tell nobody within that organization or that fan base was going to move on, and they haven't. And in the NFL Football League, no one's going to feel sorry for you. No one's going to wait for you. They're just going to keep working while you're busy sulking. Uh-huh. And I think too many of their players, too like many a lot of the young are, players are going to be affected like Michael Thomas and Kamara. Yeah, I, I just I, I I think that they're going to take a step back. I think there's a, a lot there that people aren't really talking about. Um, I still think that they're a good team. Mm-hmm. You know, I still have them in a wild card spot, but it just doesn't look good. It doesn't look good on the surface to me. Uh, I have my wild card teams being the Cowboys and the Vikings. Okay, I, yeah. See, now I have the Falcons uh, second only because. Kind of still concerned about that offense. It disappointed everyone greatly, and they have argue. I I could argue that they have a top three wide receiver core because I really like Ridley. Yeah, and I love Ridley. I think Ridley is is going to have a good season this year. Julio could easily be argued for the number one wide receiver in the NFL. Just, yes, he could. 
it really just depends and on And Devontae Freeman's healthy. I, I, I like Freeman a lot. I think the loss of uh, Coleman, though, is huge because that was, like, easily one of Matt Ryan's favorite safety blankets on third mm-hmm. down. And they could – I mean, honestly, no offense to running backs in the NFL, but running backs are the most easy position to replace. You can draft yep. a running back in the fourth round and hope you're a starter by year two. And they can play right away. No, I, I even their rookie year. I mean, running backs – Primes really are age twenty until twenty six, twenty seven. After, After that, that first contract, teams don't want to pay for it because you can nope. just easily plug in someone new and replace it. Look at the yeah. Steelers; they had Le'Veon Bell. If you told me, if you told anyone two years ago Le'Veon Bell is not going to be on the Steelers, would you have like believed them? Probably not. No. But now no, they have James Conner, and who basically was at worst an A minus version of Le'Veon Bell. And in that, yeah, he, his his production was insane last year, James Conner's. It really is system dependent, I think, for running backs. Like you can be as talented as you want, but at the end of the day, you can find a system that's going to make you flourish based off your skill sets. Yep. So. All right. Yep. You want to move to the AFC? Mm-hmm. Keep it going. Yeah, we have uh, the East. The East is probably the easiest one for me to decide. Yeah, let's just let's just both pencil in the Patriots here. <laughs> I ha- I think the Jets. <laughs> we can move on from this division. The Dolphins are uncompetitive. The Bills ca- are uncompetitive. The Jets are uncompetitive. I kind of like the idea of the Jets maybe competing like nine and seven. I, I, th- I think they can win eight games. Yeah. I think nine and seven is definitely their ceiling, but it's. I think there's a roadmap where if they just pound the Bills and Dolphins, <laughs> they already have four wins. <laughs> and then and then take one from the Patriots, just steal one of those two games, which they, you know they they've been able to do. Yeah. You know. Sometimes those divisional games in any division can honestly go either way. There's they can go either way. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, the so, the, are in. <laughs> so, so the West, we kind of already talked about this. I, I have Kansas city. Yeah, me too. All right. Well, yeah. we already talked about that. So let's go to the North. I think that's the most yep. interesting division. Yeah. This is where I have both my wild card teams from. Okay. First, you have winning it. I have the Ravens winning it. <laughs> really? Okay. I wanted, I was going to pick Pittsburgh, but I do think they would have to find a solid number two wide receiver right away. Like, it would have to be a Juju-esque emergence or a Martavius Bryant-esque emergence really quickly. I really think the offense is going to be basically the same. I, I think they're going to be a solid, like, 11-5 and five team. I think the Ravens have the worst quarterback in the division. But at the same time, their defense is so solid. And I really do think that they can find a way to game manage themselves into 11 and five with divisional advantage. Yeah. I mean, Lamar Jackson isn't a great passer yet, but he's so athletic that mm. it kind of doesn't matter. That's what um, I, that's what I'm thinking. Cause at the end of the day, they were really run heavy in the second part of the year when they had, yeah. um, that once they had Lamar Jackson in there, you basically, mm-hmm. if you had him for fantasy, you just saw the production he has. It's all like on the ground. But it's a really good threat to have. I mean, let's yep. let's think about this realistically. The uh, this team basically is the equivalent of the Miami Dolphins when they won the division without Brady. I think they have the, they have the same exact recipe. Let's just run, 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 flirt with passing, have solid play defense. good defense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Marquise yeah, so, Brown's so, a good name though to keep an eye on. I think at wide receiver. Yep. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So so I actually have. Pittsburgh winning the division. Um, I, I, I don't blame you because I, I was thinking you could go either between those two. 
Yeah, I, I mean, the, the signs out of Pittsburgh have been great since A.B. and Le'Veon have left. Um, they're completely under the radar, which they like after all the drama <laughs> they've had. They have got a real chip on their shoulder, um, given how messy that breakup was with those two players. Um, and Big Ben, for the first time in a long time, seemed to put an actual effort this offseason actual effort to bond with his teammates to build chemistry and rapport with his receivers to and to weight. get himself in a little bit better shape. <laughs> that was what i was hoping if that did saying, come up i was gonna be I'm like i'm not oh. saying he isn't fat anymore because he is still <laughs> way too overweight for a professional athlete like it's just it's blown my mind that he hasn't kept himself in better shape when he's getting paid that much money to play a sport but he is in better shape this year mm-hmm. even if marginally um <laughs> And, two pounds and, is two pounds. Yes. <laughs> and, and on top of that, Mike Tomlin's a great head coach, and their defense has really improved. I loved their first-round pick of Devin Bush, the linebacker from Michigan. He yeah. is a tenacious player. He's got great instincts. They've been um, going he's, defense he's, for the first round for the past few years, and it really yep, shows and, on and, their defense. Yeah, I, I think it's going to pay off. I mean, uh, they drafted Edmonds from Virginia Tech last year in the first round. He's a great safety. They, they've got a lot first. of talent. <laughs> they, they've got a lot of good talent. Um, it, it, I, I think this is an 11 or 12 one team. I think Pittsburgh's going to be really solid this year. I think the AFC that people always say it's not as deep, but I think the teams that are at the top are better than the teams that are at the top in the NFC. When you compare. Yeah. Yeah. They're more top agree. heavy than deep is basically yeah. the argument. So everyone yeah. needs to talk about the Browns, I guess. Let's 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 save them. Let's save them for, for the wild card. Okay. Let's let's save them because I'll I'll give it away right now. They're they're one of my wild card teams. They're one of my wild card teams too. Yep. Uh, uh, then there's the Bengals. A- AFC South. <laughs> AFC South. <laughs> Wait, did you say Cincinnati? Do we do we have to talk about the Bengals? <laughs> I think they're gonna be. I I just want to say I think the Bengals have a really nice roadmap for the first pick in the draft. <laughs> yes, I do too. I think they're gonna win three. Joe Mixon okay, though AFC is worth South. drafting. <laughs> <laughs> AFC South, who do you got? I got Texans, Titans, Colts, Jaguars. You have the Jaguars in last. Yep. Okay, so so I also think the Texans are going to win the division. Mm-hmm. The Jaguars are my first team out in the AFC. I think that they will be competing for a wild card spot. I think they'll be competitive all year long. And I think that for several reasons. One, they have a very very good defense yeah and they made their defense (laughs) even better by drafting josh allen in the first round the rusher from kentucky he was a steal they should not have been able to get him that late um thanks oakland (laughs) on yeah thanks oakland really (laughs) on top on top of that you know Nick, nick Foles is interesting right like he's not a top tier quarterback but he is certainly a step up from blake bortles super bowl champion and i I, th- I think Nick Foles is a legitimate top 15 starter in the NFL. I, I think I so, think, too. I think he's proven that. I think he's going to really tangibly improve that team. And people forget that two years ago, I mean, Jacksonville was a quarter away from going to the Super Bowl. And they have pretty much the same roster core in place, but with a significantly better quarterback who has won in both the regular season and postseason. I mean, Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. <laughs> um yeah, um, <laughs> not to mention, if, if, if Leonard Fournette can stay healthy, that is quietly a really dangerous offense. Their only that issue... Your pair, 
that you're pairing with a genuine top five defense. I, so, I mean, watch out for Jacksonville. They, they're they a real sleeper this year. People just, are discounting them. Just because I have them in last, though, doesn't mean I'm expecting them to finish 4-12. and 12. This whole division to me is going to be what it's like every year. I feel like it's very competitive because it's all good, the teams yeah. are usually on a pretty close, even plane. The reason I picked the Titans in second and the Colts in third, I, I think Andrew Luck's going to sit out for like four games, and that's yeah. really, really going to hurt them. <laughs> yeah, because there's there's too much smoke there for they're not, you know, he, he, he's injury prone. They were he's, like, he's dealing with lingering serious injuries. <laughs> the, the, when they asked Andrew Luck, they're like, do you think you're going to play in the first game? He's like, well, that's that's the plan. <laughs> And yeah. Like, what? What? <laughs> what? What's yeah, the plan to sit out? That, that that serious calf injury he had is not gone, and it's turned into an ankle injury. And it was funny. It, it, I, I saw a quote from Eric Ebron he gave recently, mm-hmm. uh, talking to to the media after practice. And uh, you know, they asked him, you know, are you still able to build chemistry? You know, how is it like, even though Andrew Luck is limited? And he's like, you know, it's good. We're we're still able to to mentally prepare, even though we can't really do it on the field. <laughs> and I was that was that's paraphrasing, but I was like, really, you know, we do some yoga, really, to get closer. Yeah, to Andrew. <laughs> you know, like you can work in the film room all you want. You have to work in the film room. That's important. But the game is played on the field. You have to be able to execute. You have to be able to build that timing, that muscle memory. And they're not doing it right now. Um, so I don't know. I think I, I, the, I can't I can't pick Indianapolis with all this is kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think the Titans, though, last year, I mean, honestly, this is my prediction for the Titans. Uh, they're going to go like 2-2 two and two to start. They're going to bench Mariota for Tannehill, and their offense automatically improves. Really? Yeah. <laughs> you think Tannehill's an upgrade over Mariota? Uh, Consistent-wise, yeah. I mean, Tannehill, I know people are going to be like, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, Ryan Tannehill was on the Dolphins. Newsflash for those who don't watch the Dolphins, which is anyone who's not a Dolphins fan. um, (laughs) Their offensive line was probably the worst in the league consistently for the past five years. So, Adam Gase, a quarterback guru, loved Tannehill. He did have a really good year under Tannehill where the line wasn't ranked in the bottom five. Mm-hmm. So that's 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 interesting because I I have not seen Mariota take a step forward at all. I I was gonna say about the Titans, I think they're just stuck in mediocrity. Like, they, great, you can go, you can win seven to nine games next year, but you're not gonna be a real contender. I think they have a roadmap where they could finish ten and six. I think they yeah. have, they have a solid I defense. Think that's the high end. That's the high end. If they get, so, it all depends about the quarterback because they have good wide receivers. They just drafted AJ Brown. The kid from like Ole Miss to be their mm-hmm. wideout, and then they have mm-hmm. uh, Derrick Henry showed a flash of actually being a good running back. So if that well, because they actually they actually used him enough <laughs> towards the end of the season. <laughs> I think Vrabel's a decent coach. He might arguably be the best one to come out of that Belichick coaching tree in a while. And... He is good. Co- I would I would push back and just say Bill O'Brien with Houston, but I I agree. Mike Vrabel's shown he's he's a good football coach. Uh, yeah, I think. I think uh, it's – well, they're two different types of coaches. I mean, you got Bo Bryant's all offense and then Vrabel's yep. all defense. Defense, yeah, yeah. But uh, – So so, so wild, wild card teams in the AFC, who are, your, who are your two? I have the Steelers and the Browns. Okay. And we I, I have about the Steelers. <laughs> I have the Chargers and the Browns as my two wild card teams. I think the Browns well, – we, let's just pump the brakes. I think we're both on the same – page with the Browns mm-hmm. that they're very overhyped 
I think there's an easier road where they don't make the playoffs. I would say it's very I, yeah, obvious. I do too. I, I think, do too. I, I I mean I I think they're a good team. I just think the hype is being built up way too much. You got a second year quarterback. You got a first time head coach whose other roles were basically like special teams coordinator. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Yeah. I I mean I I actually think. Baker and OBJ are going to work really well. I think their attitudes both complement each other. Yeah. They gel. But that's also a tinderbox. Like that could very easily blow up, you know. Uh-huh. That they have three head cases as the face of their franchise. They're going to throw in Kareem yeah. Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> who's known the, for being the, a great guy. Yeah, that's terrifying. But <laughs> they they also have a really really good defense too. So, uh, you know, Baker's not going to have to be getting in shootouts Mm -hmm. um you know 28 points probably wins them a lot of football games this year so um with the weapons they have on offense i think that's really doable and i think baker's gonna take another significant step forward this year um baker's just a a terrific passer he's he's very very accurate yeah he can he can throw every, every ball on the field and being in his second year now more comfortable uh got a little bit more confidence although that's never really been an issue for him um but it it does make a difference having you know a a season under your belt already and your play caller Um, is now your head coach so yep yep i think that that's good too that was definitely Um, a baker hire because if it was for any anyone else could have been hired that i would have honestly liked a little better but that was just so baker stayed comfortable yep yep oh man so that's it that's that's our division and wild card predictions. <laughs> yep. Well, <laughs> we'll keep in touch on that, and we'll see how wrong we are by week four. <laughs> <laughs> Probably very. <laughs> so now um, um, we're gonna do a uh, a quick two round mock draft for fantasy football, where we'll just give like our input on why we like certain players, basically. Yeah. And Kyle, you are the guest, so I am going to let you have the first pick. So sure. you can just tell me who it is and why you pick why you're picking him. Sure. So we're going to do two rounds, assuming it's 10 teams, uh, half PPR. Um, and we're just going to alternate picks. So since I'm going first, Corey will get second and I'll go third and we'll go through pick 20. Are we going wait, are we going to go snake or are we just going alternate? <laughs> uh, let's just go alternate. All right. You go. Yeah. OK. First pick. I think this is the obvious one. Uh, this is probably where I'm leaning in my draft tonight. I'm taking Saquon. Uh, you know, the, the Giants offense is not going to be good. Um, although Daniel Jones, let me just say, has yet to throw even an incomplete pass in his entire <laughs> NFL career. <laughs> Preseason, God, regular season, <laughs> postseason, no turnovers, no incompletions, perfect passer rating. Let's just put that on the table right now. All right, it's, it's out one, there. One preseason game. We'll whip your dick onto the table. See how Jones. <laughs> um, but even if the Giants' offense sucks and Saquon is constantly going up against stacked boxes, it doesn't matter. He was, I think, second in the NFL against stacked boxes last year. He's great in yards after contact. He can catch the ball. He will play every single down. They are going to feed him. And honestly, I think he's he's one of the best running back talents we've seen in a long time. Um, I mean, he is crazy fast, crazy elusive. You watch his highlights. The dude's jukes are insane. I mean, he can juke (laughs) very sharp. And when he was at Penn State his his last year there, 
he had the highest squat on that team. He was out squatting linemen, oh like God. 300 plus pound linemen. Uh, this guy sucks. I mean, he's he's very durable, incredibly quick. He, uh, he's he's a great running back. He, I think it's foolish to pass up on Saquon, even with an offense as bad as the Giants. I think it's impossible for the Eli to survive six games as the starting yeah. quarterback. Yeah, I I think Daniel Jones will take over. In a even way. if Daniel even if he doesn't play well in the regular season, he's young and clearly he can, you know, spin the ball around and he's smart. So in a way, it might be better for the Giants or for fantasy owners of Saquon for Daniel Jones to be the starter because they're gonna mm-hmm. give the ball to Saquon more. Yep. Yep. And also with Daniel Jones too, he can throw the ball deeper down the field. He can move the ball, it seems, a little bit more efficiently than Eli. And he's more mobile. And he's more mobile, yeah. I, I, I think, I think having Daniel Jones will help Saquon. But regardless, Saquon's a beast. Number one pick. <laughs> With my pick, I'm going to take Christian McCaffrey. Um, I think that Christian McCaffrey is just basically built to have a monstrous season. He would have been the running back one last year in points if he didn't sit out the last game of the season. He came in second despite sitting out that game. This kid can run. He When he first was drafted, everyone thought the same thing, that he was going to be the pass back. He was basically going to be like a Reggie Bush type where he's like sparingly used on the run. It's going to be more out of the backfield pass-wise. But he sh- he's showing that he can really run with the best of them last year. He was close to an 1,000, 1,000 season. <laughs> like if you're playing in a half-point PPR, you might as well just have your pants stay stiff because they'll never <laughs> – you'll never be soft because that dude literally – and he got he is huge now, so now you you're thinking oh he's probably gonna run the ball more. I know they just uh, had North Turner come out and say that uh, they don't want to use him on third and ones that often, which that's fine because as long as he's at the goal line, that I would rather have him do that than just have him be used on meaningless snaps. So they're gonna be more strategic, which will allow for more fantasy opportunity rather than a force feed. And Cam Newton's back, and Cam Newton hopefully will be throwing him the ball just as much as he did last year. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think C-Mac's in line for a huge season as well. However, since you passed on Kamara at two, with the third pick, I am without a doubt taking Alvin Kamara. Um, I actually have him as my second back. Um, even with Latavius Murray there, who will play a similar role to what Mark Ingram did in the Saints backfield, Kamara is just so efficient, and I I think having kind of that second that second fiddle who can help uh, manage Kamara's load, I think that that actually plays in Kamara's favor because mm-hmm. it reduces the risk of him getting injured, uh, which we've seen work successfully the last several years. Um, and he still, you know, will touch the ball 15 times a game, and he makes the most of every touch he gets. He is a touchdown scoring machine. You know, especially in a PPR league, you mm. know, all the dump-offs he gets from Drew Brees, Kamara is as solid as, as they come. I couldn't agree more. I I wrote about it on the website. It's on the extendedcut.com uh, that you can – I was I made a pro and con list basically for each, and I honestly really struggled to find a way in which Kamara was going to have any backlash. And the only yeah. thing I could ever think of – was that it really just all would depend on Drew Brees. But even no matter how much of a noodle arm you have at some point, 
like you can still throw to your running back five yards away with ease. So it really, yeah. there's really no way that Kamara <laughs> should be hurt by anything that's happening. Ingram leaving is a huge plus. They replaced it with Latavius Murray, who I wrote was a C plus version of Mark Ingram. <laughs> so I I see what a hundred percent that Alvin Kamara should be the third running back taken in any draft. Or yeah. second, really, or first. It really is up to personal preference. I, uh, due to the Zeke injury or uh, holdout, I'm going to uh, pass on Zeke. Mm. I don't think he's worth a pick right there because I was already. Yeah. We were we were both victims of the Le'Veon Bell disaster. Yeah. I'm staying away from anybody who is holding out or is having a lingering injury concern in training camp. I would hold out past the first round and second round. If they're still available in the third and fourth, it might as well to me be sure. worth a shot. Yeah, that's value. But you that's know value. someone in your draft is going to be like, oh, man, that's bullshit. It's not happening. Because that's what I thought last year with Le'Veon Bell. But now after Bell, it's basically a That's what I killer. thought, too. <laughs> now it's real. Running backs can sit out the whole season. <laughs> and a first-round pick will tank your team. <laughs> yep. Yeah, the first two rounds, the key is to always be as risk-averse as possible. Mm -hmm. You cannot win your draft in the first two rounds, but you can certainly lose it. Oh, for so sure. pick the safest players, and then once you get towards the later rounds, that's where you can actually win a draft by yeah. hitting on some guys. Exactly. The first two rounds, you can't get wrong. And that's why I'm going to pick David Johnson as my fourth pick. Because I, do, I still want a really solid running back. And David Johnson has shown that he is capable of being the best running back in fantasy football. And now, with Cliff Kingsbury's system, how can you lose? That that offense is, is going to be opened up, I think, for David Johnson. I, I agree with that pick. It's going to be a high-flying offense, running back dependent. It's going to be running gun. It's going to be a West Coast offense on crack. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, Dave, and David Johnson's a beast. He's an absolute beast. But... That puts me in a tricky position here at five. Because mm -hmm. Zeke's still on the board. Le'Veon's still on the board. I think with the fifth pick, however, especially considering that this is a half PPR league, I'm going to go with Devontae Adams. Oh, my God. That is a really good pick. So I think at this spot, um, you know, staying away from Zeke, I think is a good idea. I think it's a little bit early to jump jump for Le'Veon. Um and I think, honestly, between Devontae Adams, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Thomas, those three wide receivers, you you can't go wrong with them. Yeah, you really – it's uh, – Yeah, I mean, barring an unforeseen injury, which is all, always a season killer. I think um, it affects wide receivers the least out of any yeah. other position because I – think, I, I think it affects running backs significantly more just given the nature of that position. It puts a lot more load, which could lead to a lot less production. Yep. More um, opportunity doesn't always lead to – more production sometimes no. you just need to con be conservative with your snap count yep i mean look at kamara like we just mentioned yeah. um but yeah i mean Devontae adams he's going to eat up a lot of receptions in green bay's offense and despite aaron Rodgers' diva tendency he can <laughs> still throw the ball like you know no other so um Devontae adams is the pick at five i am also gonna take that uh wide receiver route but i'm gonna pick deandre hopkins mm. with my pick so, mostly because, like you said, if I had the first pick, I would probably be deciding between DeAndre Hopkins or uh, Devontae Adams for a wide receiver. But I think that Hopkins offers the most because he's done the most with the least, and that's been proven. So if, let's say if De uh, Deshaun Watson does get hurt, which I know is a terrible thing to say, but it has happened to him in the past. It has, yeah. You have seen DeAndre Hopkins thrive with names like TJ Yates, Brian Hoyer, 
Brandon Whedon, <laughs> like yeah. his numbers don't go down as significantly as it would if the Packers didn't have Aaron Rodgers playing. Yep. Yeah, I agree with that. So it's, that. it's a very safe pick despite the risk of injury on the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now I'm sitting here at seven. Adams and Hopkins are off the board. Mm-hmm. Zeke and Le'Veon are still on the board. So is Michael Thomas, OBJ, Todd Gurley. I think with this pick at seven, I'm going to take Le'Veon Bell. Um, can, you, can you explain the positives of Le'Veon Bell despite sure. being on the Jets? So, yeah, well, that's always unfortunate. I mean, le, 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 if any player's on the Jets, it's just a, a negative. <laughs> that's just a con. <laughs> you just In the pros and cons, you just write Jets in the con column. Um, I mean, Le'Veon, I think, is going to have a, a, a good season this year. I think, honestly, taking a year off at the running back position is beneficial because um, you know he's feeling fresh. Uh, he's in great shape. He spent the last... I mean, a long time, more than 12 months. It was ever since, you know, uh, the end of the 2017-18 season that Le'Veon Bell has not been taking hits. Um, His speed is clearly there. He looks good in training camp. I think he complements what Sam Darnold is trying to do in his development well. Um, You know, I I could see Le'Veon Bell scoring double-digit touchdowns. I could see him having a 1,000-yard rushing season. Um, And I think the risk of injury is lessened because of how fresh he is of course with running backs injuries are always a huge risk mm-hmm. it is a brutal position to play they get beat up um but i i just don't feel comfortable taking zeke even though zeke is clearly the better player zeke would be the better fantasy player if he's playing all season um i wouldn't mess with that holdout though so gotta go with Le'Veon. Another thing to keep in mind with the Jets and Le'Veon is that the Jets' offensive line is pretty solid. I mean, they just, they also just got uh, Khalil to come back out of retirement to become their center, who was a former Pro Bowler, and one would expect that that would only— Khalil is one of the best in, in the league. Yeah, one would, Might still be. One would expect that that's just going to make it so Le'Veon can run his patient running style where he just tiptoes in the box and waits for something to open up. Waits for a hole and then hits it. <laughs> also, Sam Darnold's young. What's a young quarterback's favorite target? They're running back. That's just, Dump it off. Yeah. It's going to just yeah. – I could see Gase running a ton of screens set around Darnold and Le'Veon Bell. And that just yep. – or, or have Le'Veon just as a quick check down option. So if Darnold reads the defense first, second option's not there, dump it off to Le'Veon. Exactly. I think that's a really yep. good pick for anyone. I would not feel very concerned even though we were both burned by Bell at the end of yeah. the day. He's in pads. He's been a full participant in training camp. He's good to go. He's ready for the season. I'm not worried about him this year. All right, so now at the eighth pick, I'm honestly deciding between uh, picking a third running back for my slot or going for either Julio or Juju Smith-Schuster. Well, Michael Thomas is still on the board. I personally would rather have Julio Jones than Michael Thomas. And Really? I think because we also have to keep in mind what we were just saying uh, earlier in the podcast that Drew Brees is older and they're going to try to be more run dependent. I would rather get a pass happy offense in Atlanta with, under Matt Ryan or the, yeah, actually, you know what? I just talked to myself into Julio Jones. <laughs> so I'm gonna... <laughs> there it is. Julio's off the board. <laughs> I'm going to take Julio Jones. The fact that Julio Jones to me is available at the end of the first and sometimes in the second round is 
astounding to me because Julio Jones is easily in the conversation for the number one wide receiver in football. Yep. And he's always been a, a stud. I don't and he's going to be available middle middle second round in a, in a 10 team draft most likely. Yeah, I mean, we're picking basically alternate wise, so no team is going to pick Julio Jones really in the first round, but yeah. they'll be picking the running backs, but we already basically have our starters. <laughs> yep. So Julio Jones is basically setting up a great case in a t- last year terrible offense was just a dumpster fire and Julio Jones was still a, a wide receiver one. So one would expect with a better offensive system put in place that he's just going to flourish. Yeah, I think that's fair. So, so if you're taking Julio at eight at number nine, I'm going to take Michael Thomas. Okay. Um, and, and you know, we talked about it before that there is concern about Drew Brees' age. Um, but Michael Thomas, I think, is arguably one of the best receivers in the league. Oh, I 100% um, agree. He is a an absolute monster. Um, and, and, you know, Drew Brees, come week 8, 9, 10, he might not be hitting deep bombs down the field, but that's okay because Michael Thomas is still going to get open. He's still going to make catches. He's still probably going to score double-digit uh, touchdowns. Um, and on top of that, should the worst come to pass for Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater has looked very, very good. Um, it's his second year in their offensive system in New Orleans. He's been riding the um, Yeah. It, <laughs> 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 I, I think Ted, Teddy probably could be a starter this year in the NFL. Um, I think Michael Thomas has a really high floor. I think he's a really solid wide receiver one. Very safe. I yeah. 100% agree with every point yep. you just made. Uh, I need a slot, so I am going to pick James Conner to be my slot. James Conner. So I know, At number – what was that, number 10? Yeah, yeah, number 10. I think James Conner has a very similar argument that one could have for Michael Thomas. What's his floor going to be? It could be – it's going to be extremely high. Pittsburgh running backs have yeah. always flourished. You can plug and place any running back they've had within their system from – D'Angelo Williams's corpse was an efficient fantasy running option for the Pittsburgh Steelers a few years ago. Yeah, James he Conner, was. <laughs> James... When he was like 35 years old. <laughs> and Which basically... for a running back is crazy. <laughs> <laughs> the Redskins are really hoping to dive into that with Adrian Peterson. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, James Conner last year, everyone was like, oh, no, no Le'Veon. That, that's really going to be a huge hit to their, fantasy te- uh, to their team fantasy-wise. It wasn't. James Conner was nope. still a running back one. Yeah, <laughs> he basically was the A minus version of Le'Veon Bell, and one would expect in his second year he's only going to get better. And now that they don't have Antonio Brown, one would also think more targets are open to the entire team, and those targets could easily, some of them, not like all, most of them, but some, can go to James Conner. They they can now run him more outside the outside the uh, the slant near uh, the wide receivers. He just has so much potential. He's a very, I think he's. It, definitely in consideration for one of the safest picks in the draft period. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree with that. Um, where do you think in, in most drafts he goes? Does he go here late, late round one? Do you think he slides into round two? I could um, see easily him going into beginning of second round. Yeah. I think a lot. Yeah, of, I, could, I could see that too. I see a case where Zeke is still picked within the top eight. And yep. that's a spot that Connor would take. Yep. Yep. So now I'm sitting at 11 and this is where I'm going to get a little risky. Okay. I'm going to take Todd Gurley. 
Okay. I, Todd Gurley. Todd Gurley last year was an insanely productive fantasy player. He had 302 fantasy points, um, and he missed how many games did he miss? He missed two towards the end of the regular season. So he had 302 fantasy points over the uh, span of 15 games. Yeah. I want to read his fantasy points for the first 10 weeks of last season. Um, and these are round numbers, not decimals. Week one, 19. Week two, 29. Week three, 19. Week four, 21. Week five, 29. Week six, 33. Week seven, 26. Week eight, 27. Week nine, 13. Week 10, 22. This guy sucks. <laughs> now... The alternative, the, the other side of this coin is that he is going to see a uh, decrease in workload this season as Los Angeles looks to, um, you know, use a little bit more load management with him to preserve him and his knee over the course of the season. I actually think in Todd Gurley's case that that helps him. Yeah. Um, and, and that helps him because he is such a terrific running back. He is so explosive. He is so quick. He's got great vision. Um, yes, you're not going to see 302 fantasy points for him, but I think even with load management, he can still put up RB1 numbers. And with load management, the chances that he gets injured are decreased. Mm-hmm. He's looked good this preseason. They have him on a load management practice schedule, so he'll practice one day, sit off the next. Um, and when he's playing, the reports say he looks great. His speed's there. His cutting's there. He, you know, he's getting in and out of his breaks well. Um, this is a really risky pick, though, so be careful taking Todd Gurley. Um, but at 11 in the second round, I feel comfortable taking a risk there. Honestly, though, if you take Todd Gurley, the easiest way to cover your uh, worries is to just handcuff him with the running back that comes out of that uh, preseason looking like the solid two because we saw last yep. season – with C.J. Anderson, another corpse of a running back, <laughs> that you can basically – that Ram system is so high-flying and so powerful that you can just plug in someone else that is, maybe isn't as talented as Todd Gurley, and by maybe I mean yeah. 100%. Uh, yeah, you basically could see like Malcolm Brown or Darrell Henderson, that rookie that they, everyone yeah. really likes Darrell Henderson. I think it's going to be Henderson probably, but yeah. I think that if you handcuff it later in the end of the draft, you're covering your bases. Because if yep. you know he's going to be out, you have an easy plug-in and play. It's not going to be maybe RB1, but you still can get RB2 numbers out of that handcuff. And that's just super yep. valuable, and you just can't overlook it. It's an insurance policy. It, and the upside is Todd Gurley production, which is RB1, solidly RB1. Mm-hmm. I yep. am going to take with the 11th pick, I think— 12th, 12th. Oh, 12th pick, sorry. Uh, the 12th pick, I am going to take— I, I, I'm trying to decide if I want to go wide receiver again or I want to go running back. Zeke is still on the board. I'm going to pass on Zeke. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with – It's. I'll, I'll let you in the mind of me. I am either going to pick Juju or I'm going to pick Odell. And that really just comes down to which quarterback do I trust more and what offense will get be more target-heavy. Uh, I'm going to go with Juju Smith-Schuster. <laughs> Juju. I am only saying this because, one, Big Ben and Juju already have a rapport, and I know the argument is going to be that Juju d- never really has seen double coverage in his career, but Antonio Brown sat out the last, like, 
basically whenever Antonio Brown didn't play, you still saw Juju Smith-Schuster produce at a very high clip. And one would think as he continues to mature and develop as a wide receiver that he's going to be able to handle those within maybe like three weeks of adapting to double coverage. And Pittsburgh wide receivers, when have they ever really disappointed anyone in the past like 10 yeah. years? <laughs> Never. <laughs> And that's not a knock against Odell. I mean, one could argue that Baker is an upgrade over Eli Manning. I know. It's hard to come up with an argument. <laughs> one one could argue that, yes. <laughs> it might be a hard world to re- realize, but um, I just think that Jarvis is going to take a lot of those targets too. So it won't – I see Juju getting more opportunity than Odell in that offense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that's a good pick. Um, I think at 13, I'm – going to continue to pass on Zeke. Uh, <laughs> we both have PTSD. I'm also going to pass pass on OBJ, and I'm going to take Travis Kelsey. Um, oh, okay. He, he is um, the best tight end in football. He's playing with the best, the most explosive quarterback in all of football. Um, I, I think it's not unreasonable to want to take Travis Kelsey in the first round. Um, it's I, think the that that's, I think that that's – yeah, it's like the Gronk theory. Um, Travis Kelsey is a monster. Now, would I take him in a 10-team draft in the first round? No. But early <laughs> second round, yes. Yes. Um, if, but I also, under- out, I also understand if you take him in the first round. I, I, I don't need to say anything more about Travis Kelsey. He is, I, he is an absolute monster. I think a lot of people, when they think of tight ends, though, they think that, like, it's like a last minute position, but if you're getting Travis Kelsey, you're basically getting a wide receiver one number. Pretty much a wide receiver one who you're plugging in at a position where most players are going to be producing 10 to 15 points less any given week. Yeah. You're basically getting a 10 point advantage every week, which was why Gronk was valued so high when he was in his prime for fantasy. You could do the same thing for him. So if, if you can draft wide receivers and running backs well late, in the draft, I think jumping on Kelsey early is, is a good decision. I think so, too. I yeah. am going to take um, Dalvin Cook. for my... Whoa, at 14? Mm-hmm. That's early. So I know that sounds pretty stupid, but <laughs> I, in the, I think that Cook has more positives to me than Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is going to be... He's ranked higher according to fantasy football calculator and pro football focus. He's going to be the 13th best overall player in this draft. Yeah, I'm very high on Nick Chubb. And they think Dalvin Cook is 18th. I think that once Kareem Hunt comes back, Chubb's numbers are going to be slashed in a way that just doesn't warrant the pick you're taking him at. And maybe he'll be an RB1 solid, like top three wide running back for the first, like, what what is Kareem Hunt suspended for? Like 10 weeks? Yeah, yeah. the first 10 weeks, and then I'll take a little to get acclimated. But the fact of the matter is, when you get to playoffs, you're going to have a running back that you drafted very highly that isn't going to produce those numbers that you need to win playoff games. Dalvin Cook, despite being an injury risk, the Vikings have said they're going to be more run-oriented. They're going to have to feed the ball to him. They're not going to have Kirk Cousins throw the ball 60 times a game and have fans throw beer cans at him by the time he leaves. <laughs> so you, they're going to be... And we saw Dalvin Cook, when he first entered the NFL, looked like a monster. He was destroying teams. And you're like, oh, my God. And then he got hurt. <laughs> he, he, he is a monster. It's just about can he stay healthy. At the end of the day, I would rather take that risk for playoff-wise 
than just sitting around. Fair. Fair enough. So at 15, um, God, Zeke is still on the board. Um, I'm still going to pass on <laughs> because I want to draft Tyreek Hill. Okay. Um, Tyreek Hill, I think, is a genuine top-tier wide receiver one. He is explosive. He is as fast as any player in the NFL. And like Travis Kelsey, he's playing with the best quarterback in the NFL, a guy who can throw deep bombs rolling out to his weak side on the run and hit him on the money. Yeah. Um, Tyreek Hill, last season, he put up nearly 250 fantasy points, and, and he – does have a little bit of a boom and bust streak where you know one game he can catch a a 60 yard touchdown bomb and and grab another score and the next week he'll have like six grabs for uh, you know 70 yards um but i there's still a very high floor with him and his upside is is game breaking he had uh let me count here just off the top of my head he had one two three four five games last season where he scored over 23 points um if if you have if you're drafting a player in the second round who's putting up that sort of production for you, that almost kind of locks you into five wins. I feel like, uh-huh. um, yeah. Uh, and he doesn't have a, a terrible injury history either, so um, I think he's a little bit uh, uh, slow in training camp right now. I think he has a, a bruised quad, uh-huh. um, but I, I'm not terribly worried about that as the season goes on. At least right now. In there. <laughs> yeah, just <laughs> quick quarter zone shot and get it back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, Terry kills the pick at uh, 15. I think I'm going to have to bite the bullet here, and I'm going to take Ezekiel Elliott. There he goes at 16th <laughs> in our two-round mock draft. <laughs> um, so Zeke... <laughs> that, that is lower than Zeke will get drafted. Zeke will go in the first round, I think. I think we're just very drafts. PTSD'd about this. So yep. Ezekiel Elliott, if this was a standard league, he would, I think he would be the top running back if he played all 16. In a PPR league, it drops him down to probably the third or fourth choice because he's yep. not as pass-heavy as the other three that we've discussed. Though Dallas was saying before the holdout that they wanted to throw him the football. And they showed it once they got Cooper. He, he increased his catches significantly over past yep. years. And, and, and he proved he's capable of doing it well, too, which I, is important. Mm-hmm. He has – so basically you're – you're just taking a risk as to how you don't know how many it's not a suspension you don't know how many games he's going to sit out it could be zero it could be all 16 you really just have to you need to take him in a spot where it doesn't feel like you're greatly missing out on something else if it all turns sour or if you really want to get a like if you're later in the first round you're around eight and zeke is still there i would take him over some of the players like we've discussed before like Le'Veon, i'd probably take him over I'd probably take him over Connor and Gurley. So, yep. like, around there, around the 8 to 12 is probably a safer spot to take him. I would just wouldn't take him in those really early picks where you can get, like, a safe David Johnson-type pick or maybe Devontae Adams or just go wide receiver in yep. that, with that pick instead. But yep. at the end of the day, if you get Zeke for even, like, 14 games, he is greatly worth that first pick. Yes, he is. Yeah. I mean, if if he gets a new contract, we're talking about – arguably the best running back in all of fantasy football. Um, it's just a matter of if he's going to be on the field or not at this point. And also, I, I do want to say, Zeke hasn't really ever had a, a bad injury history, but not participating in, in training camp, I think, 
could increase the chances that he gets injured. Um, mm-hmm. Now, there, there are probably a lot of people who would disagree with that assessment that you don't really need training camp necessarily. But I typically feel more comfortable with guys who I've seen put the pads on and go practice for six weeks at full speed, have some contact, have some hitting, play in a preseason game or two. Um, it just makes me feel more comfortable that they're in good shape, they're in good football shape, and they're going to be durable. So that is a, a marginal risk, too. If, if he gets a deal done, um, you know, late August, and he kind of shows up for one week of practice, and he, they throw him out there on the field. Um, not saying he's going to get injured. Zeke has not really had a history of that, like I mentioned, but it, it is something to consider. All right. Yeah. So at 17, let's see. Is OBJ still on the board? I think he is. Yeah, he is. So OBJ is on the board. Joe Mixon's on the board. Nick Chubb's on the board. Will you prefer? Will you get a Chubb for Chubb? I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb. I'm gonna go with Nick Chubb. I'm very high on him. I I think he's a a true RB one. Uh, he's crazy explosive, and I think with um, you know the addition of o- OBJ with Jarvis Landry with Baker taking a, a step forward, hopefully this season, it'll just open up more lanes for him. Um, the the big concern with with Chubb is what you mentioned. When does Kareem Hunt come back? And well, we know when he comes back, kind of about week ten. But what kind of role is he going to play? Um, I I think it's jumping the gun a little bit to assume that Kareem Hunt's just going to come in and take the touches away from Nick Chubb, because at that point in the season, Nick Chubb will have had um, you know nine games under his belt, where hopefully yeah. he's he's producing like we expect him to. Um, if Nick Chubb plays like he did last year, I, I, I don't think it's a given at all that Kareem Hunt will come in and take that job from him. Oh, I don't think he'll take um, the job from him. I think But he will take he will take touches, but that also I don't think is the worst thing for a player like Nick Chubb. Because Nick Chubb is explosive, he's elusive, he's very efficient. He makes the most of his touches. Seeing a decrease in touches by maybe ten a game going from twenty five to thirty touches to fifteen to twenty could actually help preserve him as the season goes on as you get into your playoffs. So I, it is the big concern what's going to happen when Kareem Hunt comes back. I am more bullish on Chubb, though. I, I'm less concerned that that's going to really negatively impact his performance in the playoffs. But it is a risk. All right. Uh, I want to – I might uh, – no, I'll see that for maybe later uh i will uh i think i'm gonna go wide receiver so based on the board of what's left we still have obj (laughs) (laughs) it's obj antonio brown (laughs) or mike evans you know i guess keenan allen's there too but that's that's a bit of a reach i am gonna go with antonio brown (laughs) whoa come on (laughs) no yeah i'm gonna do it Oh, come on. <laughs> one, all right, one, OBJ, let's He's not. He's going to be wearing a high school kid's helmet this year. That's totally fine. <laughs> his his feet don't look functioning. He he got extreme frostbite. I saw hard knocks. John Gruden <laughs> is, is, is the head man there. <laughs> all right, so this is basically my case why I'm not going to pick Odell Beckham over Antonio Brown, more than why okay. I'm picking Antonio Brown. Um, <laughs> you're, you're, you're trying to minimize the fact that you just took Let's just move on past the, the pick itself. 
Uh, Antonio, uh, sorry, Odo Beckham is, let's not act like he's not an extreme injury case. He usually misses a good amount of games more than you want from your wide receiver one. He has the potential to be an absolute head case, and if he, if he doesn't feel like he gets the targets he wants, he will make it known, which will make Baker not feel like as if they're as much as boys as he once thought. New offense. We don't know what amount he's going to He's never been around a receiving core this talented as a player. He had Victor Cruz towards the end of when Victor Cruz was actually a solid wide receiver option. He now has Jarvis Landry as his co-runner, who they both are extremely target-heavy dependent wide receivers in order to be efficient. But they also have David Njoku as their t- a tight end, and they have Antonio Callaway when he comes back from his four-game suspension. Antonio Callaway isn't a scrub wide receiver. He had the potential to possibly become something better before the four-game PED suspension. Um, and then at the end of the day, I think Antonio Brown is the legitimate only good wide receiver in Oakland. <laughs> and Derek Carr is a solid enough quarterback that if Antonio Brown can even be a B-plus version of what he was in Pittsburgh, that's still a wide receiver one, maybe not towards the top. It's like maybe the 10th or 11th best wide receiver in the, the fantasy football. But I think at the end of the day, when I weigh those pros and cons, even though Antonio Brown might actually be mentally unstable and belong in a straitjacket, I think I would rather have Antonio Brown over Odell Beckham. That's fair. Um, Yeah, I mean, there's no question about what AB can do. Um, I also don't think that there's much of a question about that offense necessarily, because like you just mentioned and like we talked about earlier, Derek Carr can spin the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, when I'm looking at this, though, th- there's just too much smoke for me to feel comfortable with it. Um, you know, I mean, the, the helmet issue was crazy, but that aside, cause that's not going to impact, you know, him actually being on the field. Um, the extreme frostbite he suffered in the, was it chirotherapy machine? Is yeah. that, is that, yeah, that's really significant to me. Um, he, I don't know when he's going to be back. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go next week, if he's going to be ready to go by week one, if he's going to be ready to go by week six. We just don't know at this point. And even if he is ready to go, because, you know, he has been practicing. Hard Knocks showed him in the first episode running routes. He looked good. He looked, good. He looked fast. He looked explosive. Um, what's going to happen, though, when you put him in a game and he's taking hits and – I mean, all it takes is one awkward landing, you know, when he, he one play where he's pushing himself too hard. And I mean, that's just an injury, the likes of which I don't think we've really seen much in the NFL. Yeah, there's no timetable um, to base it off of. There's no timetable. And, and guys in other sports who, who have suffered that injury said it's it's tough. You know, it's so he's a really interesting case because you're right. I think he has legitimate wide receiver one upside. Um, but what, what are you getting out of him? It's just too early right now in the preseason to tell. Um, and since I have a draft tonight, uh, which I wish it was later in the preseason, but it's not, I'm going to take the talent that I know is there. When in doubt in fantasy, take the talent, you know, is there. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. Who I'm going to take with my last pick in our mock at 19 (laughs) here. Um, Look, Odell is talent-wise a wide receiver one. He is playing Uh with a significantly better quarterback in Cleveland than he did in New York. 
come on. <laughs> um, on top of that, he isn't going to get all, well, I shouldn't say all the targets he wants. He is going to lose out on some targets to Jarvis, to David and Joku, uh, to Nick Chubb out of the backfield, um, mm. uh, to Callaway, like you mentioned. Duke Johnson um, that, being traded was huge, though. That opened a lot that, of targets. Yep, that was big. Well, Duke Johnson wasn't really going to be the guy anyways. He was kind of holding out and looking for a trade. Yeah. Um, but regardless, um, Odell Beckham Jr., I think, could actually um, improve because of there being more talented guys around him. Um, because if teams start doubling OBJ, Jarvis is going to be open. And Joku's going to be open. So the defense is going to have to make adjustments to uh, whether it's you know moving off of OBJ, whether that's falling back into more of a zone and letting OBJ run underneath. I think it's actually going to open up opportunities and he's still going to get 20 to 25% of the target share of this offense. You know, they're mm-hmm. not going to not throw the ball to OBJ. And I think having a good offense raises everybody up. Um, so it, o, OBJ being there at 19, I think is him really sliding. I, I think in a lot of drafts, you'll see him go early second round, early to mid second round. Yeah. The thing um, I also keep in mind with ours is we're not drafting basically as a, a team. We're just drafting based off where we like players on the board. Yep. Yep. And then just sharing our insights. Yep. But yeah. Okay. Last pick in our mock. Number See, 20. I wanted to pick George Kittle just to give him the time to shine. <laughs> but at the end of the day, picking George Kittle as a top 20 fantasy option with names that are much better on the board would just be stupid. Yeah. So this is going to be kind of out there, but I'm going to pick on Johnson. At the oh, I like that pick. Oh, I like that pick. on Johnson had a lot of hype about him last year, and he kind of delivered. Honestly, to the point where he's kind of snuck, his stock is rising extremely quickly as the mm-hmm. weeks keep on going. So the earlier you draft, the better chance you have of getting him in a value where it's actually worth it. It's starting to get to the point where it's kind of, I would be a little put off by drafting him that high because Detroit running backs haven't really ever been someone you can really look to. I mean, the highlight for them in the past few years has maybe been Theo Riddick. Maybe. But also, they, they're pivoting their offense to be much more run-oriented. They tried with Amir Abdullah to do this, but Amir Abdullah, at the end of the day, just wasn't the type of running back that he could handle the enough. load that they needed. Carry nope. on nope. Johnson, however, is exactly what they need. This dude yeah. is athletic. He is powerful. He can basically easily be our RB2. I would guarantee him to be an RB2 this year if he plays all yep. 16. Our RB2 with even more upside depending Um, on how the Detroit offense looks this year, I would guess and how they integrate them into the passing game is huge as as any of these wide running backs this year. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, I really like Kyrion Johnson. He had 107 fantasy points last year, only playing in 10 games. And keep in mind that was with a a more crowded backfield. um, than he'll have this year. This year they do have, They've cleared the way. They do have C.J. Anderson, but C.J. is clearly the, the second fiddle there. And over the course of the 10 games that he played with that crowded backfield, he still averaged nearly 11 fantasy points a game. Um, that's, in my mind, solidly RB2. And this year, with a cleared backfield, not injured coming into preseason, he looks great from all reports. He looks explosive. 
um, with their emphasis to kind of run the ball more and, and get him involved in the passing game, I, I think he's got real upside. And, and I think his floor is pretty high, too. Well, all right. That, uh, That's that. <laughs> that wraps that up. Yeah. Is there any other player that you feel like you have, like, one super sleeper that you want people to pay attention to? Yeah, I, I don't know if this is a super sleeper necessarily, but I really like uh, the wide receiver that the Carolina Panthers have, DJ Moore. Mm-hmm. Um, he's going in most drafts. Uh, what's his ADP? I think it's usually like in, in the 70s-ish, uh, which would put him 6th, 7th, 8th round. Uh-huh. Um, he is going to be the number one receiver in Carolina. They've really cleared the way for him and Curtis Samuel to be the guys. Um, Cam Newton looks much better this training camp. His, his attitude looks much better. He was That shoulder injury he had last year really was nagging at him. It really brought him down. It really affected a lot of aspects of his game. Uh-huh. Um, he looks rejuvenated. Uh, McCaffrey looks terrific. He looks like he's ready to kind of be the workhorse of that offense. Greg Olson's I, back. Greg Olson's back. I think DJ Moore, you know, come the middle of the season is going to be a solid wide receiver too, who you could potentially steal in the seventh or eighth round. Um, so is, is, I don't know if he's a super sleeper, but he's a guy who I've really been keying on in, in a lot of my mock drafts. A guy who I'm looking for at the back of every draft is Deshaun Jackson, who's now on the Eagles. Mm, yeah Um, i like him too so basically the way you can think about it when you're like deshaun jackson he's washed actually deshaun jackson has been very consistent at wide receiver no matter the team he's been on and now he's probably having the best quarterback and the best offense he's been on he's been trapped in tampa forever (laughs) and And he's still and he still always leads the league in yards per catch and yards per reception you're you're getting a basically a great slot receiver you can play every week like you don't have to play mm-hmm. him at the one or the two you can just play him as your slot if you feel like you don't have enough running back depth to cover a good slot day he's a great candidate to get in the back end of the drafts because he's probably the biggest guarantee for point total since like around the players he's getting picked by you can get him as your last pick which to me is an absolute steal yeah and, and he's got real upside uh, he's a guy you could plug in to fill, you know, bi-week holes. Um, and it, he is a little bit boom and bust. Um, but if, if you're getting him at the end of the draft, I think that that's great value. Do um, Are you the type that, before we go, that uh, what do you feel about quarterbacks for fantasy football? Because I come from the idea that quarterbacks really shouldn't be taken until, like, the back end of your draft. Rather than oh, I'm, I'm with. I'm waiting on quarterbacks this year. I in my mock drafts, I haven't been taking quarterbacks until maybe the the 13th round. Who's the quarterbacks um, that you've been really targeting lately? I really like Goff. Goff I love Goff. Goff's been sliding a lot. Um, he's the guy who I've really been keying on. But I'm also comfortable in a draft taking a risk on a guy like Lamar Jackson late, taking a risk on even Kyler Murray late because the quarterback position is so deep that even if you draft one of these guys late and they don't really pan out, you can drop them and still add a quarterback who's going to give you 15 to 20 points a game. I mean, like the 25th best quarterback, according to ESPN's rankings, at least, is Stafford. And after that, you still have Nick Foles on the board. Both are guys who will give you at least 15 fantasy points a game. 
the quarterback position is super, super deep. So uh, I've been waiting and loading up on running backs and wide receivers because injuries happen every single year. The best thing you can do is get depth at those two positions and then fill out the rest of the roster. If you do the method that I usually do where I pick quarterbacks also in the back, I usually like to take two, not just one. Just so like you take two towards the back end, and you could get end up with Cam Newton and Jared Goff as your quarterbacks. Which if you play it mm-hmm. matchup wise, you're going to be pretty set. Yep. And I think that is the way to approach it. I see a lot of people who take like Mahomes. People who take Mahomes, I know like he's people are like, oh, he was the MVP. He led a point total in all fantasy. I'm like, yeah, well, also people thought when you drafted Mahomes, did you draft him early? No. You drafted him in the back end of drafts last year. Yeah. You, yeah. Most quarterbacks who are taken highly don't finish in the top six. Yeah. And, and and the point differential, too, between um, higher quarterbacks and lower quarterbacks is not as significant as you might think. Because, yes, Patrick Mahomes put up over 400 fantasy points last year. But Jared Goff, who is the 15th best quarterback in fantasy, put up significantly over 300 points, which – I would much rather get a lot better value at running back, wide receiver, maybe even tight end, and take a slight different production from quarterbacks because you know what you're going to get from all these top 20 guys. You're going to get 15, 20, 25, probably 30 points a couple games a year out of them. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. (laughs) You got anything you want to plug before you go? I don't, but this has been fun. Be sure to check out the Extended Cut website for uh, more great content. We're gonna. We have a little fantasy uh, stuff coming out soon between me and a few other writers. Kyle will probably have something new on there sometime soon. He is a busy man, though. <laughs> this I, is, I'll cook something up soon. This is his side hustle, <laughs> <laughs> as some refer to it as. <laughs> well, thanks again, oh, Kyle. Uh, have a good draft tonight. Maybe uh, send me it, and I'll post it on the uh, the Instagram page so the viewers can listen to or take a look. See how you yeah, definitely. Definitely. Thanks for having me on. Oh, of course.